Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 174, and tonight we are covering oh. the top five horror movies of 2001. Yeah, I know, right? Wild. Who thought 174 would be this? All right. All right. Um. I don't. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. Considering we have a direct it. connection to episode uh, episode one here, actually. So, um, in this sure. episode, uh, so yeah, um, you gave a pretty good accounting, I think, last month, uh, during top five horror of two thousand for kind of what's going on here. I don't know if I see anything like necessarily different but do you see anything changing from that accounting of what's going on generally in horror around this time eh, it's just a lot of asian horror yeah. um yeah. and then and that ain't going away for a while i don't think right uh well it'll start to seep into american horror like sure in the next year or two from this mm-hmm. you're going to start to see um a lot of like remakes and this is where This is probably the first year where you're able to like buy some Asian horror on DVD, like from places like Best Buy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some notable films here that I didn't put on the list. Um, we're going to talk about a, a Stuart Gordon film, but um, there's also a Brian Usna film um, that came out this year. Uh, pretty gory, eh, like superhero supernatural horror um called faust love of the damned um that's 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 pretty fun um you have a couple of like some big budget horror that i'm not a huge fan of um from hell for instance uh, ghost of mars is out this year um jason x came out this year which i really thought about putting on the list um but I don't know. I I I think Jason X is a super fun movie. Um, I just don't know how much it belongs on like a top five list. Um, just like Mulholland Drive came out, which psychological horror, and I think we're super effective. Um, but maybe not like enough like traditional horror. And we've already talked about it, I think, right? Yeah, we have top five Lynch. Um, yeah, a couple movies that are we're super close to making this list, and for one reason or another. Um, one because I kind of forgot about it, and the other two, um, just because they're just like like I like them, and I think I like them more conceptually than I like them in in like actuality. Um, so Devil's Backbone was this year, and even though we've already talked about it, I think it definitely deserves a place on this list. Um, it would have bumped uh, either number four or number five, whichever one I decided I didn't want to talk about more. Um, would have bumped one of them off the list, um, and then. Uh, Larry Fessender had a movie come out this year called Wendigo, which is like a really slow burn um, backwoods horror film about the, you know, Canadian um, Aboriginal like myth. And then um, Session 9 is this year, which was like the genesis of one of the, the greatest memes of like the <laughs> early 2000s internet. It's true. Of, um, uh, what's his name? David uh, Crusoe. Yeah, David Crusoe's "fuck you" in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really atmospheric and well done. Again, like a slow burn horror movie, but just one of those things where kind of, I think the ending falls apart on it a little bit, and I think it's a little too predictable. Um, maybe. 
Um, but great performance by Caruso and really atmospheric. And um, one of the first movies that really took advantage of the um, urban exploration, like abandoned exploration idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even though they're not urban explorers or whatever, you know, they're um, whatever, like removing asbestos or whatever the con- conceit of that movie is. Um, but one of the you know first movies that really was like hey let's take this like truly abandoned building um and that's something that like other horror films have done i think i don't know if to better success but you look at something like um like ghost encounters or or grave encounters or whatever Mm -hmm. um where they're in like an actual um haunted asylum or whatnot yeah Um, i'm a really big i mean yes the ending sucks i really like that movie a lot um overall up until the end and it kind of falls apart which is really unfortunate but there's like three or four scenes in that movie that are like and there's one particularly that i think is like one of like the best like horror scenes are probably like around this time period that i've ever seen um and i just think that like there's certain things that brad anderson does in that yeah there's just like excellent excellent stuff and yeah there's some really good performances from um the principals uh, it's just a shame that it falls apart. So there's another movie I want to talk about. This is the last one. I want. I kind of want to go a little more in depth on this, um, like almost like a mini review of it. Mm-hmm. There's a movie from this year called Soft for Digging. S O F T for Digging. D I G G I N G. Um, that's almost like like a fever dream kind of movie. Um, I've seen it twice. I saw it once, probably in 2001 or 2002, like right around when it came out um, on DVD. And I watched it maybe about a year and a half ago because it's it's available for free on YouTube. Um, weird movie about an old man who lives by himself that kind of becomes involved with the murder of a little girl in the sense that like he starts to see her ghost and he kind of find like he tries to like unravel the mystery of what happened to her um very little dialogue mostly just ambient sound um it's a very low budget movie um but weirdly has like stuck with me for i don't know like 20 years at this point mm-hmm. where i think about it sometimes um so again free on youtube um i think it's like an hour and it's like 70 five 80 minutes something like that I, I i think it's not very long um yeah hour and 14 hour and 14 minutes yeah. but um just really effective and, and weird and non-traditional so i don't even know it's a horror movie it, it's a horror movie in actuality but it just doesn't necessarily feel traditional or worn out or anything so if you have time to watch it i would recommend watching it but yeah all right i'm always afraid putting stuff that's only available in some like ragged copy on youtube because seriously it's like not anywhere maybe it is now but i can never find it anywhere Mm. um i'm always hesitant to put those on there because it's like if you can't ever find it what's the point in talking about it sure i mean i guess there's always like you know other ways quote unquote to um procure movies to watch but through like relatively like non-nefarious means anyway soft for digging yeah it doesn't look like it's up anywhere right now um 
Yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, all right. All right. Let me save that. All right, got it saved. <clears throat> All right, so you ready to move on to your list? Then? What about all, what about all your Japanese shit? That's how I had it listed. Oh, here. Sorry, all my Japanese shit. He <laughs> uh, said there was a lot of Japanese movies that, like, you thought were just worth mentioning. Yeah, I had already clicked off of that fucking list. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's a. Uh, well, Bangkok Haunted came out this year. Okay, um, which is not. I'm not hugely a fan of that, but that's the Pang um, Brothers who mm. did the eye um, mm-hmm. did that movie. It's mediocre, I would call it, um, but not terrible. Just okay. not like as good as like some of their other stuff. Um, there was um, shit. I gotta, sorry, not prepared for this. <laughs> Even though we literally just talked about it like thirty-five seconds ago. Yeah, no, I'm not really. Oh, um, a movie called Sorum, which is a ghost movie that's pretty good. This is South Korean uh, zombie movie called Stacy, which is Japanese. That I actually really like a lot, and I have on DVD. Um, I don't know if that's available anywhere. Um, there's the third Tomei movie, which I've never put a Tomei movie on the list, and I guess now it's probably too late. But if we ever do body horror, we'll probably talk about the first Tomei because it's really good. Okay. Um, Junji Ito the manga artist um if you know anything about like uh horror manga like junji ito is the, the king of it gotcha um we've talked about him briefly before uh he does really uh, he's um uzumaki is is junji ito. oh okay yeah okay um yeah so uh tomei is his like series um it's body horror about like a a girl who's kind of obsessed with like image and appearance and like murders um the men that she's with um but the third movie of that came out and um generally considered like one of the like lesser films in the series but i enjoyed it so i don't know but yeah stacy's worth watching that um i can't remember if i really i i think i like sorum it's been so long since i've seen it how do you how do you spell that s-o-r-u-m It's sort of similar to mm, Dark Water, maybe a little bit. Mm. Um, just in the sense of like the abandoned or the haunted like apartment building or whatever. Um, if you can find it somewhere, like it, it would be worth watching. I think I remember really enjoying it. I'd probably have it on DVD too somewhere. Yeah, nothing immediately standing out, but I got them down, so I'll try to find them. All right, so um, you want to jump into your list, on? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so number five on your list is Jeepers Creepers, directed by Victor Salva. Stars Gina Phillips, Justin Long, Patricia Belcher, Belcher, and has 46% from critics, 49% from audiences on Rotten Tomato. So you want to just tell us just a bit about this and uh, why it's on the list? So I'm not going to lie. The only reason this is on this list is because the second movie is much better and um it's kind of become a cult movie in the sense of like the whole series 
sort of has like you know like a cult following to it not even a cult following i think it's pretty popular among like horror fans in general um the general story of the creeper is that it's this cicada-like monster kind of that nests for 23 years and comes out to feed for 23 days um so the first cheapest creepers is um like playing upon that where the creeper has come out to feed for these 23 days and um these people run afoul of them um i'm i kind of i also like recently have wanted to talk about this movie because i think that both of us were super disappointed in the reboot of jeepers creepers oh yeah and i imagine that most people that would listen to a horror podcast have seen jeepers creepers um i think the general idea behind the movie is is pretty good like i Mm -hmm. like i i I think the killer insectoid you know creature um is is a pretty cool idea i think that um the practical effects like salva's like vision for how the creature looks is kind of inspired um you know he's got this sort of like edgelord you know trench coat duster thing going on with like the the fedora but then underneath he's this like chitinous like beast that just like can rip people apart and like feeds on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're never going to talk about this ever. So this is our chance. Like, I don't understand how the people that produce reborn or whatever the, the tag of cheaper scrapers Four is mm-hmm. could misunderstand what makes those first three movies enjoyable right like you remove the sense of like i so the thing i like the most and i again i prefer jeepers creepers too but i think jeepers creepers is fine i like the sense of isolation right and like Mm -hmm. the stalking and like almost the the inevitability that the creeper is going to get these people and it gives this feeling of like tension but it's because there's not like a hundred people around, you know, it's mm-hmm. this, this creature that's managed to exist for, I mean, I don't know if they ever say how long the creeper has been around, but like for a long time yeah, by hiding and killing the people that like see him. Right. And not by being like this, I don't know. I, the reborn in one of the worst fucking movies <laughs> I've ever seen. Like I hated that movie so much, and I yes. hated the characters, and I hated the performances. And it's actually it's it's interesting to talk about that in conject in connection to two thousand one because one of the things that killed the horror genre to begin with throughout like the mid to late nineties, and it's kind of still happening here is reboots, remakes, and unnecessary sequels. Right. Mm-hmm. So Jason X is actually a brilliant sequel, in my opinion, because it 100% reimagines the character in a completely different environment while not discrediting or doing away with any previous mythology for him, right? Mm -hmm. So is it a great movie? No, but it's really entertaining and it's a really good homage to what came before it. And putting it in a different setting is a really cool idea, right? So you look at something like Reborn and it just, it's like they watched the movies, but they didn't understand what they were watching. It's sort of like we talk about when we talk about Willow, that the TV series, that 
it's like people that are trying to hit a target audience but aren't in that target audience and don't understand it to begin with um so jeepers creepers itself is fine um i actually i think the ending of the movie is the best part um i think the um what, who, who is that justin long right mm-hmm. um the shot like th- i guess like through the back of his head or whatever is getting that's my favorite part of the movie is the ending of that movie mm. um and again i really like the character design i think that i think the second movie is a better movie in general and i think it's more entertaining but i think it's a good setup into that um and i can see why people enjoyed it because it was really it was one of the first like monster movies that kind of i mean there's, there's a little bit of humor in jeepers creepers so there's humor in jeepers creepers but it's it's a traditional like monster movie in the sense right. of the setup and the build and the stalking and then like you only see them silhouetted or you only see like a portion of them and they like build to showing you all of them like it's 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 very restrained in that sense where it's not just like ah here's this monster right away um and it's just crazy to me that someone could make a movie where you have three i i don't know it's just it's so wrong-headed and poorly done and terrible and i don't fucking hate so but yeah this was a really solid i mean i haven't watched this movie since like 2002 or something i mean but it was enjoyable enough i it was a really solid like kind of like chase type movie i thought the two principles were you know pretty believable as a brother and sister um i like the concept of the creeper overall um in terms of like kind of taking different body parts and stuff like that like i love when like long finds the boy that's like all sewn up like with his chest and stuff like that like i think it's like kind of creepy and unsettling uh yeah i mean and um like you said it's like a lot about like isolation like a lot of horror movies you know they end up in the police department at one point nobody believes them like there's a lot of tropes and stuff like that but it's like tropes for a reason it works i think and um and i i think it's like when do you really see the creeper reveal it's probably like like 50 45 minutes 50 minutes into the movie before yeah and you don't even really get a great shot until that whole sequence in the police department which is probably like almost like an hour 10 or something maybe yeah um when he ends up taking long right um and that's actually that might be longer into the movie i don't know but um yeah until you really get that shot like it's really hard to remember because it's been so long since i've seen it and i've obviously like jeepers creepers been with all the sequels and stuff been around for a long time now but i don't know like i i i think i don't think i knew it was a monster movie when i watched it originally Hmm. i feel like i might have had to but i don't think i i don't think i expected it to be like that i i kind of remember being do you think it was like a serial killer type thing or well that's how it's like set up in the beginning but it's like i mean maybe it's some kind of um i don't know um supernatural serial killer but it definitely Mm -hmm. i was surprised by the whole and that's sort of another reason why I like the second one so much is because then they like super jump into that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, with the bus and everything, it's just, it's um, it's pretty, uh, is that? That's the bus, yeah. Yeah, um, pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that, 
I think that number the number four movie is maybe a little better made in terms of just overall like filmmaking. Um, mm-hmm. But it was kind of a toss up between the two of them. And had I remember, Devil's Backman would have knocked like one of them off the list. Yeah. So. All right. Um. So number four on your list is um Alejandro Amenabar's The Others. It stars Nicole Kidman, Fianula. Flanagan, Christopher Eccleston, and Elaine Cassidy has 84% from critics, 77% from audiences. So, Did you look that up and it is Fianula? Yeah, Fianula. Yeah, hmm. I've never said it that way in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I made mean, sure I, to look that one up. I guess I do kind of say it like that, but it, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. So you want to talk about this movie and what I like about it? Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, we could talk about Fiona more if you want. She's really good in it. She is. Uh, she one is. of the one of the better like stalwarts of the um, British Isles uh, Irish like acting scene throughout mm-hmm. the nineties and two thousands. Yeah, um, probably, probably most popular. You know, wasn't she um, Desmond's mother in Lost? She was. Yeah. Do you think that's the thing that she's most known for? Yeah, I think in the modern day, probably. For people, if they don't like watch like a lot of UK film, she's still acting at eighty-one years old. Mm, good for her. I know that's pretty impressive. Uh, okay, so let me. I, I, I'm I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Did you see Did you see the others in the theater? No. So when did you VHS, saw it on DVD then, like, or, or VHS, DVD or yeah. something, yeah, probably, whatever like, year ever came out. I used to get shit all the time for two things. Okay, I, for three things. The the first thing being that people never believe that I'm colorblind because they're all a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> the second thing is that I guess the ending of the Sixth Sense within the first ten minutes of that movie, people get, oh, you're full of shit. Like you didn't know, but I did. Like I I I figured it out. Like really quickly uh-huh. the other thing is that i figured out the ending to the others like five minutes into the movie dude i don't think that's that hard like i right, don't people, people no people, don't unknown, you, people well at the time like oh, oh my god no i was so surprised i didn't see that coming i was crazy blah 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 because people are dumb so i say this to say that even though super early on watching this movie i knew what was going to happen I still really enjoyed this movie when I saw it in the theater and was really, it's weird because I was watching it this time and I texted you one thing and that was, this is a very European horror film, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's incredibly slow burn. It's almost plotting at points with how much it like is trying to layer on like the Gothic atmosphere and the sense of like impending dread that it just consistently builds you know, I mean, you're introduced to the concept of ghosts in the house within the first 20 minutes of the movie, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and then they drag that shit out until, like, the 45, 50 minute mark where she finds her, where the old woman has taken over the daughter's body, kind of, and, you know, that's, like, the first real, I think, like, quote-unquote apparition that you see in that mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, like, I still found it to be a really entertaining movie, and even watching it this time, um, where I, I'll admit, like, I was a little more bored with it. Um, 
And this may be the third time I've seen this movie. But it's also entirely possible this is only the second time I've ever seen this movie. But let, mm-hmm. let's say it's the third time. Knowing 100% like what the plot twists were and having not seen it for a really long time, still remembering like pretty much every beat of this movie, mm-hmm. um, either means that it's super boring and predictable or it's really well made and memorable. Um, so I'd like to think that a lot of the movie is kind of memorable. Um, I love... Oh, so I guess we should talk about it. Like, because I'm... I'm assuming that people like just like jeepers creepers i'm assuming people have seen the others at some point in their life um nicole kidman um mother who is taking care of her children during um world war one um or no i'm sorry world war ii during the occupation of somewhere i don't know where they're fucking are france or whatever no where the hell are they in the the yeah are they in spain is that right is that where they're at? They're somewhere where the Germans occupied. It doesn't matter because everybody's fucking Irish. So she's there with her two children. Her husband is at the front. So it's got to be World War One, right? If he's at the front, because they wouldn't call no, World it's War World War II. Is it? Yeah, it takes place in the 40s. Oh, right, because they have telephones and yeah. electricity. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. So I mean it probably does matter, but it's, it's an not- island country, um, Jersey. That is is where they're at. Oh, um, Jersey, northwest okay. coast of France. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, yeah. so so anyway, so she's in the house with her two children. Her children have a photosensitive disease where they can't be in the sunlight. Um, her servants have left her, so she hires three new servants, which is an old woman, an old man, and a mute young girl. Um, her daughter is hearing and seeing things that she attributes to ghosts. Um, which the mother doesn't believe in until she does. Um, And then over the course of the movie, uh, you find out that the three housekeeping servants are actually dead and had been there previously in the 1800s. Uh, So their ghosts have been around for a while. Um, And finally, that the things that are haunting her and her family are actually the living members of a family who have come to try and live in the house after her death and the death of her children that was caused by her where she murdered her children and then took her own life. Um, and her husband had died like at the front. Um, and it's a wandering spirit as well. So here's some things that I thought were really awesome about this movie, even though like in broad strokes, I kind of had figured out like what was going on. Um, I think the twist that she murdered her own children and is now like trying to somehow like, like soothe her own guilt by protecting them from like the outside world and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool plot twist. Um, mm-hmm. I think the finding of the death photos of the family that died from um, tuberculosis, uh, the Fiona, Fiona Flanagan and her husband and I guess whatever the other servant. I think that's a pretty cool twist. Um, especially because they introduced that book early on and they go through it and, um, you know, it kind of set the tone for the fact that there's a lot of people have died like in around this house or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, they're the dead ones. Um, and her figuring it out by seeing their death photos, I thought was a really cool, um, really cool addition. Um, I'm not a huge fan of 
the old dark house in general like i think that can be a really boring trope for the movie mm-hmm. um and we talked about session nine a little bit and session nine does it perfectly because it's not a traditional old dark house right. even though it has like a lot of the trappings of you know that mm-hmm. um but in in this movie it's a hundred percent an old dark house including like white sheets draped over furniture and you know the locked doors and everything but i think they do a pretty decent job with the lighting and just the feeling of like desolation with the fog outside um even though that's a little like overdone i think it's still like adds a good atmosphere to the movie um the thing i like the least about this movie i would argue is um kidman herself i think it's a really breathy wispy performance that i don't really think has a lot of power to it and i don't think that you ever i i never really connect with her as a character um i much more connect with like everybody else as a character than her but at the same time you're not really supposed to sympathize with her it's like a trick yeah because she is like a horrible Mm -hmm. person so maybe that's the whole point is that they don't necessarily want to bait and switch you too much by having you like fully invest in this woman and find out she's a child murderer so maybe keeping her at arm's length is actually on purpose um but seeing this movie in the theater in 2001 opening weekend um really enjoyable packed auditorium with people that were like gasping and you know stunned at the ending um really just great experience and one of the things too that it's hard to like remember looking back now but it had been one of the first times in years that I had seen a ghost movie in an auditorium, you know? Mm. I mean, you had, like, The Sixth Sense and stuff before that, but it really was, like, a truly, like, traditional gothic horror movie. Like, something out of, like, Hammer from, like, the early 70s. Like, it was really just kind of a a really neat experience, like, being able to see something like that on the big screen. And even though I think it's a little boring right now, I think it still holds up generally today. Um, and I think it's a really well-filmed movie. Um, I've never actually seen his um, like 2016 horror movie. Um, although I've had it on like uh, some watch list for a while. It's called... Regression? It's like a horror I, thriller or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I have not watched it. It's somewhere for free. Um, it always is. Yeah, I didn't know that was him. So I've, I've always kind of wanted to watch it because I, I've liked the others, but it's one of those things like where I think about watching them like, mm, so boring, and then I just do something else. Um, <laughs> the others is free on YouTube. Um, if you're looking for just a quick horror movie to watch, you know, I think you could do a lot worse than the others. So it's free. You know, it's a decent copy. Uh, mine had Arabic subtitles. Is that the one that you watched? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it was, it's it's weird, but the transfer is fine. There's a little bit of like pixelization and blowout in some of the scenes because it's not like a perfect transfer, but it's good enough considering what you, that. What have we talked about then of, of many bars? Um Open your eyes. Oh, right. The one that Vanilla Sky was based on, right? Yeah. Abre yep. Suos. Abre yeah. Suos. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's what, okay. So that's what got him this movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was um, super popular um, after that. 
So, mm-hmm. and for good reason. I mean, that's a sure, pretty sure. fantastic movie. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I really love the atmosphere of this movie. I've again been more than twenty years since I've seen it. Um, remembered, like you said, kind of almost like I don't want to say beat for beat, but I remembered the the, the broad strokes and a number of scenes from it. Um, exactly how they play out. Um, and despite that, I still found it like in, mostly enjoyable to watch. A little boring at times. Um, I will say that I I would like to have probably seen it in a theater only because I feel a distance. I think I felt it at the time, and I think I feel it now. There's a bit of a distance I have, like a, a removal from the movie in terms of suspense. Like I feel like I'm watching something that is. I know is supposed to be suspenseful and I can look at it artistically and say like, Oh yeah, they do a good job of X, Y, and Z, but I don't necessarily feel the suspense um, at all times. But visually, I I think that the movie is really well done and executed. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm I'm not going to die on the hill. Like I actually liked Kidman's performance in this overall, I think. Um, even if I didn't like the character, I, 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 I didn't mind. And I actually, as someone who's not a big Kidman fan, I actually enjoyed this maybe more than some of her other roles, except for certain ones like to die for, and um, Mm. I guess dead calm and stuff like that. There's some really good ones. I think she has, but um, I think she's better in eyes wide shut than this. Oh yes. Yeah. I like that performance too. Yeah. Um, So, right. And again, I, I think it's just because like, they don't want you to invest too much yeah although i i think that if they would have really made you love this character that would have been a crazy gut punch yes like to find out that she murdered her children and killed herself yeah um yeah it was it just like the lighting and everything and being in a dark auditorium it was pretty perfect yeah um i love that house yeah like you you always kind of lose something i think sitting in a brightly lit room on your couch Mm -hmm. you know even like in the complete dark in your house, there still is a familiarity to your surroundings that kind of, yeah, is a crutch to like really experiencing good horror. And um, there's something about being in like an auditorium with other people in the dark that kind of like feeding off like their energy. Um, sometimes it can be completely ridiculous, but sometimes it can be pretty cool. And hundred um, percent in this case, it was a really cool experience to go through. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it, like you said it's really hard. I think to like recapture any kind of feeling like that. Like I think by being by yourself, eh, there's certain movies that could work. But um, the Changeling like, fucked me up the first time I saw it. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I mean, I always reference. I've referenced a number of times on the, po- on the podcast that like experience I had that first year of COVID with Fasted Night, like sitting outside mm, and like yep. watching it. And um, there's that, and it's like, I want to kind of sit down out in the living room and turn the lights off and watch that Skinnamarink movie. I've heard really mixed things on it, Um, that horror movie that's up on Shutter right now. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Did you watch it? Yeah, you should just watch it. Okay, all right. You should Um, watch it, and then we can talk about it, watching it. Okay. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't know what I'll think, but, um, but I thought about, like, doing that in the dark, possibly. You definitely need to. I think. I think okay. that's how it needs to be experienced. Yeah. yeah. No matter how you feel about it, that's right. the proper environment for it. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, no, I I enjoyed watching the others again. I don't know if I'll ever watch it ever again in my life, but I enjoyed watching it for a second time and kind of re-experiencing it. Yeah, it's crazy because 
so let's let's look at these previous three movies then really quick um or no this is only the second one let, let, let's look at these two movies really quick at the time i think that these movies were considered to be really important in terms of horror because people really talked about them and a lot of people were super into the idea of like horror movies in the theater right because we had kind of fallen out of the practice of really seeing a lot of horror and scream had rekindled it somewhat but it was mostly like not that um the others is like a hardcore movie but it's an adult horror movie right like it's not necessarily made for teenagers and there was a lot of stuff that came out between 96 97 and 2001 that was really geared towards getting a teenage audience in the theater and so seeing i mean i didn't like it but even something like from hell or mm-hmm. ghost of mars like major studio releases that were serious adult horror movies were really interesting and it's crazy that 20 years later they seem so quaint and like antiquated in the way that they're done where there's almost no it's almost like i still enjoy them but it's not nearly the same feeling and they don't nearly have the same impact that i think they did then when it was like man this is amazing that this stuff is being produced and put out in like a major motion like a major movie theater mm-hmm. you know it's like a, a major motion picture release yeah. on like thousands of screens yeah so. Um, and the others, I don't, I don't know how much you keep up on this, like on Reddit or anything, and look about anything about movies or anything. But um, the others, like, still has a really dedicated fan base um, of people that like will post about it at like every every few months. Like, I'll see like you know, I'll see something like where people talk about favorite something this or something that, and people yeah. bring up the others. And there's always like threads every once in a while, like watch the others for the first time, blown away. Like, I mean um whether that's true or not um i think there's people that probably post that kind of stuff and have seen it many times but i say that about like house of a thousand corpses too (laughs) right but i do think there's people that are going back and checking out old things like young people and you know watching these things i i think it's i think it's the best old dark house movie I mean, it's up there. It's 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 maybe like top five or top ten of all time in terms of like that specific genre, mm-hmm. um, just because of the atmosphere and the production value and the layering of like, because those movies really rely on you being uncomfortable as an outside observer with the house itself mm-hmm. and the layering of dread. Like, it can't be like all jump scares and ridiculousness, right. like a true like good old dark house movie needs to really drag you along kind of to the point where you're just uncomfortable watching it over time and i i think the others does a good job of that it does and it's like that faint the the most famous scene in this movie probably is like the the little girl right like you know like covered with like the the veil the veil um i think it's probably the most famous scene and i think one of the reasons that like it doesn't creep me out or anything, but it's like, I think you and I have seen things like this so many times, but I think a lot of people haven't. And I think that's one of the reasons it was so effective with a lot of people was because there is no jump scare to it. Like it forces you to just sit there and deal with that scene. Um, Much like something like the exorcist, maybe a bad example, but like the exorcist forced you to, you know, with that, like, 
that concept there and i think it was just like people hadn't seen those kind of things and it made them really uncomfortable and it makes perfect sense why it would yeah i think a lot of times um directors love jump scares because you get the immediate response of mm-hmm. whatever like the adrenaline from the audience right but look at something like i i don't i, I think the exorcist is, is a good example of that and i think something like maybe audition right with her putting the needles in them Mm -hmm. like they're not going to let you look somewhere else like you're watching that happen and you're watching the dread of kidman and then like her assaulting her daughter and like all of that stuff just works so well together um yeah yeah good movie the others yeah so all right, so number three on your list is Dagon. It uh, was directed by Stuart Gordon, stars Ezra Godin, Francisco Rabel, and Raquel Medrono. Um, has a 69% from critics and a 56% from audiences. So you want to tell us a little bit about this one and uh, why I made the list? It's a crazy low audience score. Um, this is a loose adaptation of The Shadow Over Innsmouth, um, H.P. Lovecraft story. It's kind of, it's part of the Cthulhu mythos, but it also involves um, uh, the deep old ones and the um, the aquatic, like, half-human, half-fish creatures that, um, deep ones or whatever, that he brings into a lot of his stories. Um, I I really wanted to talk about this movie, and I, I've wanted to put it on list before. Um, this is like later Stuart Gordon, so you're past um, from beyond and the you know, reanimator and whatever. Mm-hmm. I've never read anything about this movie, so you're gonna have to correct me because I'm sure you've done your research. Um, I feel like he has no funding really, he's got a very low budget. Um, he's working with kind of a second tier production company in terms of special effects, yes. Um, but you still can feel like just like the passion and interest in telling a good story that I think that Gordon always has in all of his movies. Um, so the premise is that there's a young couple that's on the yacht with an older couple. Um, and the man in the young couple, um, Paul has recently come into a ridiculously large amount of money through some sort of investing or invention or um i think it's trading on the stock market maybe because he's always obsessed with the stock market Mm -hmm. uh so him and his spanish girlfriend are traveling with their friends to spain um storm comes he has a dream in the beginning where he meets this like sawtooth mermaid um he can't really get it out of his head their boat runs aground on some rocks him and his girlfriend take the lifeboat to shore um, to a town called Imboca, um, which is in mouth in Spanish, which is a pretty funny uh, mm-hmm. reference. Um, the town is kind of creepy. The people are standoffish. They meet with this priest who's like, hey, I can, you know, I can help you get a charter some fishermen to go out and, you know save your friends and so him and the fisherman go out and she stays behind and of course she gets kidnapped and then it's him running from place to place in the town like drenched in rain um basically trying to escape and then to find his friends and he thinks his friends are dead and 
then he finds out they're not, but you know, they probably wish they were. Um, and ultimately you find out that he's a descendant of this town and is also one of the deep ones. Um, and the movie ends like great ending with him. Um, trying to emulate like self-emulate himself when he has the dawning like it dawns on him that he's actually like part of this group um but then his sister lover pulls him into the water where he's like basically healed and he develops gills and, and swims down to be with um you know to the watery depths with his his real dad which is dagon who is this creature from beyond space like prince of the ocean cthulhu-esque like being um i love the atmosphere in this movie and i love the passion and just excitement i think that i feel in like the filmmaking process um there's no like really great actors here but it's good performances from everyone um every scene feels wet and gross and grimy and it's exactly like i think how you need to feel watching uh like a lovecraft movie um, I would argue it's probably it's definitely top five and it might be like top two or three like cosmic horror movies that truly pulls you into the feeling of that universe mm-hmm. um, whereas most most people that try to film Lovecraft fail because Lovecraft is so almost unfilmable honestly because of the way that he describes things but this this is a really great effort and really brings that feeling of like crawling like cosmic dread like the idea that there's things so much larger than you that you can never defeat um and even though the special effects aren't the the greatest i love the practical effects in this movie um i think a lot of the stuff is done with matte painting is my guess um especially the stuff out on the uh, ocean and whatnot um, I don't think it's like digital effects, although I'm, it is. Um, it's that that's like one of the things that. Uh, so just so you know, like the it was it was a reputable Spanish um, practical effects company that he worked with, and a lot of the funding did come from Spain. Um, it was about like a four, roughly four four million dollar budget um, for the movie, um, mm-hmm. which is higher than I thought it would have been. But um, the CG apparently was um, pretty. Um, uh, the company wasn't like that great um, overall, um, and there well, was, the lot, stuff, I guess, a lot of problems and stuff. It's the stuff where they're looking out in the ocean for the most part is yeah, that. yeah. So that's that's actual CG. Yeah, it's early oh. CG. Yeah, it's really bad CG. Yeah. Um, yeah, I legit thought um, I legit thought it was like some kind of really bad like uh, matte yeah. painting or green screening. Anyway, so. Yeah, Uh, so really just the practical effects in terms of like the deformities on the um, the villagers are fantastic um, the way that Gordon kind of holds off on showing you a lot of things is, is brilliant um, just like brief glimpses of like an arm here or a tentacle there or like a webbed hand it's all really well done it looks really believable and I think part of that is because everything is so wet all the time that you don't really get to see like the cracks in the seams so to speak mm-hmm. um there's there's a concept in the movie where they're killing outsiders and skinning them and drying their flesh out to wear 
and there's some just amazing amazingly horrific scenes of like these fishmen like wearing the face of a man um and it really i think is as good as anything in something like deranged or whatever in terms of you know just the creepy idea of somebody wearing another person's like face over their mm-hmm. face um it's really well done it looks really good um i think the sets are all really well done um there's some set pieces in this movie that are fantastic it's a great feeling of like the chase you know of them like him trying to get reminds me a lot of like the resident evil games where it's like i gotta move from house to house and there's sure these threats all over the place and um or maybe silent hill in that respect um but yeah just really really underrated and underseen movie i think that um does things that movies with much larger budgets wish that they could do um and i i freaking love Stuart gordon i think Stuart gordon is one of the best um horror filmmakers of all time um so yeah yeah i i didn't know what to expect um i never seen this before i didn't know what to expect when i when i watched it and I watched it on a Saturday afternoon, and I think I texted you. It's like this is like this is absolutely perfect for a Saturday afternoon. Um, it it gave me that like close to that feeling that I had when I was young, like watching like you know Channel Eight showing a horror movie like um, on an afternoon. And there is something about this, even though it's two thousand and one, that reminds me of the nineties in some ways i don't know if that is like limitations that he had with some things but um it like just the look of it reminded me of something that you would see in 1993 or something like as opposed to 2001 necessarily um and that's not a slam on it that's just like you know it's it um i don't think it really matters yeah i mean i can't i mean all those things that you talked about are good i really like that segment when he's talking to the old crazy drunk and the flashback sequence. Yeah, it's really well done. Story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like that sequence a lot. I, like you said, I love the atmosphere of this movie. Everything just feels damp. Like no matter what you are seeing feels like damp and wet and just slimy and gross. Yeah. Dirty, mm-hmm. like uncared for. Like, it's like, so here's here here was a funny thought I had. There's a there's a scene 30, 35 minutes into the movie where um Paul goes back and he's directed to the hotel in um in Boca. And he goes into the room and he looks in the bathroom and the toilet's filthy and the sink is filthy and the bathtub's filthy. And I was thinking, like, well, no shit, because the fish men they just go poop in the water. Like they don't care. <laughs> they don't need the toilet. Like, why would you ever clean it? Right. Yeah, I um I've watched this movie twice because I watched it like a month ago when I knew it was coming up and I saw it on Tubi and I didn't know whether it would stick around or not and it has and so since it had been so long I just kind of threw it on the other night to watch it again and um, like watching a movie twice in a month for me um, isn't the easiest thing in the world and I didn't have any problem with it and I, I, I think it's a I think it's a really enjoyable movie. I mean do I think there's some campiness to it for like if if I'm trying to think of how others might view it I think there's some campiness to it at times and stuff like that, but I don't think it necessarily takes away, like you said, it's really hard. I, it may be impossible to absolutely 100% do Lovecraft. 
um on film i think it is impossible probably like like to do it 100 percent correctly but um but i think um because i saw using to produce this too and it reminds me a little bit of like uh society in the sense of like mm. you know, thematically um yeah. this idea of being like you know not being your whole life is like you've been lied to and like you know there's this cosmic thing that you, you can't fight um almost and um and yeah i think that the, the movie definitely nails that feeling of hopelessness um it's like he keeps trying he keeps trying he keeps trying it's very poesque like kind of thing and it's like he just can't you, you can't escape it like there's these like you said there's these things greater than you and i th- i don't i don't know what it is but it's like there's some kind of pacing um I don't know if it's playing that way, if it's, it's if it's editing, but it's like there, it feels like in the pacing of this movie, it's just like, you know, these doors keep getting shut and he can't escape um, no matter what he does. And that feeling, um, yeah, it leads to, I think, like a good sense of tension and um, keeps the movie like really flowing for you as you're watching it. Yeah. Um, it's um, I enjoyed definitely, it. definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, free on Tubi. Yep. So. Oh, Tubby. If you should, if you don't subscribe to, to Tubby or Tubi, depending on whose mother you're talking to, um, you should subscribe to Tubi because it's free and it's freaking amazing. So, mm-hmm. All right. also on Tubi, uh, number two movie or Arrow, um, number two movie on your list is Happiness of the Catacuris. It is directed by Takashi Mike, stars Kenji Sawada, Kiko Matsuzaki Saka um shinji takata um and naomi nishida should make this bigger um 69 from critics and 82 percent from audiences um oddly enough the highest audience score out of any of these movies but um you want to tell us a little bit about this one and why it's on the list yeah so this is um this is a movie i kind of struggled with putting on this list and i did it just because i love takashi miki and i feel like we don't talk about him enough maybe and maybe that's just because it's really difficult to categorize a lot of his movies uh this one included i think um i think this is much more of a dark comedy than a horror movie i think it has some grand guignol horrific elements to it but it's nothing like you know like true like horror but at the same time it's super entertaining and what it does it does really well and so that is technically classified as horror sure but i mean a lot of things are and they are so right right. um so anyway so the premise of this movie is that there's this family um mother and father uh the grandfather um middle-aged daughter who's got a young child and like young adult son who used to run with the Yakuza and ran afoul of the law and is now home. So this kind of extended nuclear family oh, sorry, uses the father's pension to open a bed and breakfast on this hillside in Japan. And the prem- the idea is that the government has said they're going to extend the main road to come right up to the door where they have you know built this place but it hasn't happened so nobody's coming to their hotel their bed and breakfast 
so they're all kind of down and miserable and you know what's going to happen like no one ever comes to you know stay until finally one night a man shows up and they're all excited like this is our fortunes turning around and the dude kills himself so because they think that if anyone finds out that the guy killed himself on the first night that he stayed there and was their first customer that no one will come they decide to bury him so then a sumo wrestler with his possibly underage but at least like much smaller romantic companion show up and mid-coitus the sumo wrestler has a heart attack lands on top of her crushes her they both die so now they got to bury them too because you can't have that publicity um so anyway so there's uh the daughter has this romantic interest and one of the funniest things in the movie is um uh richard sagawa i think or whatever Uh his last name is who is the cousin of the queen of queen nephew he's the nephew of queen elizabeth and is in the royal air force or the british royal navy british royal navy and the u.s air force anyway u.s navy then the british royal navy says and then he's also a spy right he's a spy right and the nephew of the queen yes who only lets him travel like when it's for work and he it's it's ridiculous like web of lies he's this con man basically um so he gets killed um by the grandfather uh for being a scumbag basically um so there's it's an amazing blend of like claymation and musical sequences there's this fucking brilliant sequence where the mother and father are kind of professing their love for each other after whatever 20 some years of marriage and they do it in like a karaoke mm-hmm. like it's like literal karaoke with like the words on the screen and the little like things bob in between it um there's some really fucking fantastic songs in this movie um to me the funniest is when so towards the end um this criminal this killer uh who killed his girlfriend comes up to the house um while everyone is distracted kind of takes the mother hostage and has a knife to her throat so the father gives this heartfelt speech about you know you killed your girlfriend because you loved her too much this is a woman i love like that you know i can't bear to be without her please let her go so the criminal lets her go, but then he goes to attack, and the son kind of dives in front of him and takes the brunt of the attack. And so they sell it like he's been like gutted basically with this knife. And they sing this fantastic song about like, don't die, please don't die, don't <laughs> leave us. And then it's like he has the tiniest little scratch in his heart. <laughs> right. Um plenty of stuff like that. Uh the claymation is amazing in it. Um, I never feel like it's overwrought or overdone. It always mm-hmm. feels like kind of perfectly in there um i think it's very difficult to laugh at a movie that's not in your native language because there's a lot of um disconnect between cultures mm-hmm. um shit i think even like when you watch like british comedy sometimes it's hard to really sure, connect sure. to it because it's so different from our thing but yeah happiness to the categories is funny and charming and engaging throughout the entirety of the movie mm-hmm. And you're rooting for these idiots that keep burying people in their, like, trash heap out back. Right. 
um there's a great there's a great sequence where they're singing about how the dead have to move on so they can move on and they just gotta like basically just like stop being like whiny that you're dead just like get over it and then the corpses of the people they've killed come up and like kind of are doing like a thriller dance Mm -hmm. you know in the all, all that stuff is just amazing um so let me ask you this because I I'm, I kind of remember this, but I want to verify. Mm-hmm. For a long time, this was like the only Takashi Miike movie you liked, right? Is that true? I'm pretty sure. Um, you've you've seen other like, stuff. You've yeah, seen was, other stuff since. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll try to look on his five million movies um, real quick and see if that's true. Well, you hated um, Ichi. And that was like the thing that I love the most at this point. Right. Yes. Um, I, I don't know how I would react to Ichi um today. I, I would like to see that at some point. Oh, you're gonna. Um, okay. Um I liked Gozu. Gozu's after this, though, I think. But right? it's after this, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, oh, see, so just before this? Yeah. I just mean I just mean you I, I remember you and I getting coffee and talking about this movie. Yeah, I really liked this movie at the like at the time, and I probably out of what I had seen by this point, yeah, I liked it the most. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this movie, but I'm a huge fan of like um Ichi and what else is before this? Uh Fudo, maybe. Oh, and... you know, I liked Visitor Q. I don't know that I I don't know that you saw this. I I think okay. I probably would have seen it after. after. Okay, probably probably several years because it was one of those not available in the United States for a long time. Um, I I would I would venture to say that you saw audition. Um, yeah, you saw Ichi and maybe maybe Wesley had you watched like Rikio or Fudo or something. Um. Probably like there's yeah. two the first one. Movies. The first one sounds familiar. Yeah, like Ricky the... is the one that takes place in the um jail, where the story it's it's the story yes. of Ricky. Yes, yeah, where yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. muscle bound and he's fighting everybody, but they're I all. I feel like I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, categories but... is one hundred percent. Now he mike has gone on to do other things that are similar in tone to categories and actually my favorite takashi miki movie is probably could be classified as a children's movie although it's got some horrifying scenes in it um but categories was the first time that i had ever seen a movie from him that was like so lighthearted and fun and irreverent and not like super bloody or whatever um overblown um, and I loved it. Like, I thought it was fantastic at the time. I had so much fun watching it again. Uh, today, actually, like, this is the movie I watched before the podcast. Um, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. And just really, like, a great time. Um, good songs, good attitude, <laughs> good atmosphere. Um, it's, I think, a really funny reaction to... Um, and we we talked about this audition and i really think this is true is i think it's mike's rejection of the japanese culture that was trying to embrace the idea that you got to just like keep your chin up and keep your back straight and you got to be strong and right you got you got to make sure you eat so you can be strong and you can then you can be happy right (laughs) one of my um, I, I laugh I, I remember that line all these years and i and 
and I didn't know it was from this movie, and I saw that fucking, like, translation, and it was, like, it made me laugh all over again, because this idea, it's like, if you eat, it'll keep you healthy and strong, and then that'll make you happy. <laughs> right. So, anyway, fun movie, really enjoyable, um, free on Arrow, free on uh, Tubi, mm-hmm. um, with ads, so definitely worth watching, like, if you get the chance to see it. Yeah, I think Richard Sagawa was like probably like one of my favorite like kind of secondary characters in anything ever. Is that the grandpa? No, 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 the the the, the naval the con man naval. Officer. Oh yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Uh, it's amazing, amazing. Hey, it's like, and they're so dumb because he's wearing like track pants. Like that's his yes. uniform. Is like freaking. Oh my god. Oh, that shit's so funny. Yeah, he um. He was like at one point like really popular as a rock musician in Japan. Um, that guy. And I remember reading that years ago when I looked through, looked this movie up because I think I've seen it once in between when I first saw it and now. And yeah, that guy's amazing. And I think his like pretty much every his his the acting that he does in it is so off putting and in trying to be mysterious and like trying to pretend that he's not conning her um i love all the acting choices like where he's over dramatizing everything that he does and that whole thing with diana where it's like he's so upset about like princess die dying right. and it's like and it's like you know basically, if only i'd have been there if only it been, if he had been there it wouldn't have happened um you know, and he's like so angry at the at the paparazzi. Um, hilarious! Like it's it's a really great like little subplot um, of that movie. And it is, and, and even though he's a scumbag, it's kind of sad. Like when the character is like not in the movie anymore. But um, at the same time, this is like there's a lot of like traditional drama stuff that like with these like you said kind of idiots. Um, that's really touching too. Like sure. in terms of like you know generations and you know like. You know those common themes of honor and forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. So, like beyond all like the, you know, comedy and the musical aspects and stuff, I, I think there's a lot of really good stuff that's in this movie. Like at the core of it. Um, but yeah, no, good movie. I still enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So the number one movie on your list um, is Cairo, better known as Pulse in the United States. It is directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. It has a 76% from critics, so 60% from audiences. We have talked about this movie on episode one of the podcast. Um, Episode one redo. Yes, which is episode 150. I feel like there's actually another episode that we actually talked about it as well. Um, hmm. And what I do you just think the episode is? I don't know, but it's, I, I, I'm positive it's happened. Because um, I remember I when we did 150, this would have been the, I remember realizing then, like last year, it's like this is the third time we talked about it. I don't intend to talk about this too much because yeah. for that reason. But um, I, so. You know that a lot of times if we've talked about a movie, I'll avoid putting it on a list um, in lieu of putting something else that we haven't talked about before. This is one of those movies where I like this movie so much and I think this movie is so great that I don't think there's any other movie that could be on in its place. I think sure. that, 
doesn't make any sense to like leave it off the list just whatever i never suspected it wouldn't otherwise with this one yeah. um one of my favorite horror movies of all time mm-hmm. i think one of the best ghost movies of all time with one of the most interesting takes on what makes a ghost and what ghosts can haunt um and truly like a horrifying idea especially back in 2001 at the dawn of like mm-hmm really the dawn of like the mass use of the internet by people and connecting to other people via the internet to play games and share, you know, media and whatnot. The idea that those whatever data lanes can be haunted by the dead who are just trying to find a way in is, is a really powerful idea and it's really creepy. And um, he does a great job of like, keeping a an amazing atmosphere throughout this whole movie like you know he never lets you go with um it's like there never is a moment where laughter is inserted into this movie or you get a break right you know in the middle of a scene it's like you're always just kind of like you feel like dark and abandoned and lost and haunted when you're watching this movie and i think it's fucking amazing um, and in my opinion, one of the greatest filmed ghost scenes ever, which is the woman in the room um, in the couch um, with just the absolute, like, I don't know, amazing way that like he has her move and almost like it's underwater and you see the ankle break and it's just there's, oh my God, so fucking yeah. good. Yeah, um, one, of the, one of the greatest ones of all time, bro. Yeah. yeah. And just like building that tension because mm-hmm. she's like so far away and it's so slow and she's moving but it's like inevitable it's, uh, oh my god it's so good yes um so cairo pulse whatever you want to call it is 100 percent worth watching um it's free prime right now prime okay yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't remember where i watched it yeah. um but 100 <laughs> percent like worth your time checking out especially if you enjoy horror movies or ghost movies um and maybe even just in general like if you enjoy movies i think it's got a lot to offer and um unless well, you're like yeah because to your second point like and the thing i always bring up about it that i find fascinating is how prescient it is um when people like were criticizing the internet i think in these um you know kind of phobic ways during that time period like i think this is actually looking ahead as opposed to feeding into that kind of like possible hysteria that was going on at the time um so I I I think it's a really interesting early look at like the fears down the road of the internet and you start looking at like I think what it's trying to say I mean uh, there's it's still debatable but um yeah I think it's a really interesting movie like thematically as well so so yeah to your point I think even beyond just the horror aspects of it I think it's just an interesting movie to watch So yeah um but yeah, I didn't think anything else. I, I it, it has a rare honor because it's like I'm trying to think. Stalker is something you've done that with. Yeah. Um, I'd really have to think about it. There, there's like maybe like four or five movies that it's like you know you've we've talked about it before and like you've maybe more than that maybe like a dozen. Like I'd have to like go back and look that you've like you couldn't not put it on a list, but um. But yeah. All right. So um, we will be back um, 
next month uh, with a return slot episode and then uh, top five period pieces and then ending the month with horror movies of 2002. So thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good week. Deuces.